Here, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another collaboration between the 104 6 and 1 podcast and the Home Field Podcast. I'm Kevin Valentin, the host of the 104 and 1. I'm the host of the Home Field Podcast. I go by the name of Kyle Dabro. I just want to give a quick shout out to all the new subscribers that subscribe to the Home Field Podcast YouTube page the other day. It's definitely appreciated. And um, I just appreciate the support, you guys. And uh, Hopefully you guys enjoy the content that we have you that we have for you guys, not only in this video, but in the upcoming videos and the upcoming episodes that Kevin and I do together. All righty. With that being said, you left us on quite a cliffhanger on last uh, last episode from Wednesday, man. You wouldn't even tell me. And to this day, all jokes aside, Kyle has not given me any inclination as to what his surprise is going to be for not only you guys, but for me, too. So um, I'm a little curious and excited. You need to tell me what's going on now. Let let the audience know. Kyle, what you got for me, bro? All right. So let me – I'll throw you a question. Let's see. I'll give you a hint. It's related to this weekend. You're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I got Super Bowl <sighs> tickets, bro. How yeah. did you <laughs> – what did you drop? Like, did you, did you just – did What? No, so um, my parents and I, we, we set up a, a, a Bucks account for season tickets this year, and we were able to go to two games this year just because um, they limited the amount of games that season ticket holders could go to games this year to only two of them. So, however, um, I want to say a few weeks ago, they had put out the, they put out like an informational email for just the potential of any Bucks playoff home games. Well, I didn't really think that much of it because I didn't think that they were going to have a playoff game at home unless they got to the Super Bowl. And I was not really 100% certain that that was going to happen. Obviously, now it's it's come to fruition. But I want to say probably about a week and a half ago, um, there's a lottery that the season ticket holders – uh, have access to they send out an email to the uh, buck season ticket members and they will select just random names who are the season ticket holders to get super bowl tickets and i want to say earlier this week i want to say monday my mom got an email from the bucks organization saying that we had been selected to get super bowl tickets for super bowl 55 this year and um, they gave us like a 24 hour window to either accept the, the offer or decline the offer. I mean, we accepted that pretty much the day that we got the email pretty much, I won't say instantaneously, but within just a few hours after we got the email. And um, yeah, your boy, my mom and my brother are going to the Super Bowl this Sunday. At going. There's only three tickets. And my dad, to be honest, he could care less about it. I'd be surprised if he even watches the game. He might watch like five minutes of it, but it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't even watch the game. Of course, I tell Isabel, I literally just texted her because she let me know about something else. And I said, Kyle got fucking Super Bowl tickets. She goes, no fucking way. First question, she goes, are you going with him? I, babe, I wish. I fucking wish. I'm about to, I'm about to fucking fake an injury. Say, Kyle, please. I don't know if I'm gonna get my leg tomorrow. <laughs> Honestly, they they weren't even that expensive. Um, the thing is, they're at a reduced price 
for the season ticket members. Season ticket holders, yeah. Yeah, because I remember. So I'll tell you this. Like, when the Patriots went to Super Bowl 53, when they were playing the Rams, the cheapest single ticket that I could find was like 1800 bucks. I I think for this one, um, they were just under a thousand a piece. That is not bad at all, considering so, what they're. Yeah, so I, I I mean, look, my my mom, I mean, the, the whole family talked about it, and we were like, we're going. Doesn't matter. Like this is, I don't want to say that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity, but it it's is. Just, it's just this whole thing happened by chance. And I'll tell you this, when my mom called me about it, I was like, I wasn't waking up thinking, oh, my God, we're going to the Super Bowl in, in a week when we got the news that we got tickets. Like, I wasn't expecting that. I was, like, halfway through my Amazon route. I'm like, okay. It's like, let's do it. I was ready to go. Y'all heard it here first. The host of the Homefield podcast will have a live action, live scoop of the Super Bowl, watching his favorite player, chase after ring seven that is absolutely phenomenal bro i'm so happy for you I, man i appreciate that I, dude I, i'm gonna be honest with you like I, when i was talking to my mom about this i was like i, I wasn't like super excited i like i was excited but like sometimes like when i when i talk to like my parents it like sometimes i don't convey like excitement like that well but i think to me it was no, almost like a sense of like, I it was never like a, known that it was a sense of shock like i was like uh, okay, we're going to the Super Bowl. It, it maybe set in like a day later. It was like, oh my God, like we're going to the Super Bowl. Like this is nuts. All right, where are you sitting so I know where to look? We are in, I think, section like 318. We're in one of the corners. So like they're, uh, we're up on the on the upper deck. And it's we're gonna in be, one of the It's going to be raining. No, I just shut, I just shut the uh, the weather forecast. It's supposed to rain in the morning, but it's supposed to be clear by game time. Bring some ponchos, my boy. It might be a little nippy too. You better have a hoodie or two. I will. I will. Trust me. I, well, <laughs> I made a joke to my mom about this, and because you know, obviously, I'm going to support Brady just because that's my guy. But I'll tell you what: if it goes south. Don't be surprised if I have a Pat Mahomes jersey underneath and I'll just rip the Brady jersey off and then I'll just go full Patrick Mahomes. Yo, my boy, what he said? Damn, Tom losing. Let's go, Pat! It's like, bro, it's like, Pat might be getting this MVP if it goes south by, like, halftime. Holy shit. No, yo, that's that's a great scoop to get live. on. Yo, I'm happy you made me wait. That was, a, that was crazy. I'm sitting here like, I wonder if he's going to tell me that he got, like, somebody from the Super Bowl to be like on the show or something but I was like he would have had a little bit more excitement because we were texting about it personally but nah man still to be able to go to a Super Bowl to be able to go to a sporting event right now with COVID and everything and being able to see your favorite player and then witness him play a home game for the first time in Super Bowl history is just you're going to be a part of history so you'll be able to tell your kids that and that's that's just that's awesome bro I'm I'm hype and I ain't even going and this is arguably one of the the best Super Bowls on paper in, in recent memory. I mean, you got, yeah. you got Tom Brady, 43 years old. I mean, I mean, t- to be honest with you, like Tom Brady's of the age where he could literally be Patrick Mahomes' dad. Like technically it's yeah. not that far. Fe- it's not nope. that far fetched. Like, not at all. and then you got, and then he's going up against arguably one of the best quarterbacks 
you know, under 25 or now he is 25 that's ever played the game. So everybody pretty much recognizes him as like the standout of the next generation of quarterbacks. I, I mean, it was just by chance but getting these tickets and I'm just, I'm just kind of grateful that, you know, not only I get to go see the game, but my mom and my brother go get to see a great game between two great quarterbacks and two great teams. A hundred percent. But since it is the Thursday before game day, we are just a few short days away from history that you will now witness live. We got to dive into our predictions. We got to dive into who, uh, who's going to be an X factor. Who do we think is going to make a difference? And we're going to go over the most up-to-date injury rosters up to date as close as we can because the official injury report doesn't declare until I believe tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tomorrow's so, your last day of practice. So um, they'll probably they'll put out an injury report for Friday. I imagine sometimes like around like you know noon or like sometimes during the afternoon. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna give you guys as as close of an update as close of uh, uh, of a report as we can. But, I mean, Kyle's got everything pulled up for the most part, so let's just go with the away team first. So what do we got for Kansas City's injury report as of this afternoon? Okay, so this is all based off of uh, Thursday's uh, practice availability. So as it is, um, Eric Fisher, he is out. He is going to miss the Super Bowl. He tore his Achilles in the AFC Championship game, which is really unfortunate for him. He's one of the, one of the best offensive linemen um, that the Chiefs have. And he is that he is in that left tackle spot. He is Patrick Mahomes' blind spot. So, or um, and not having him on the field is definitely going to hurt. Um, linebacker Willie Gay also did not practice. He's dealing with knee and ankle issues. His availability is really up in question for Sunday's game. And then after that, we've got a bunch. Well, I'll take that back. We only have two limited limited participants. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. He's still dealing with a knee issue. We got Sammy Watkins. He's dealing with a calf issue, and then everybody else on the injury report for the Chiefs, um, they are all full, full participants, like Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Rashad Fenton, Patrick Mahomes, Mike Remmers, and Andrew Wiley. All those are full particip- participants. They are more than likely going to be playing Super Bowl Sunday. Um, technically, I don't even know if they're really considered the home team or the away team, but. I've always kind of considered them as the away team just because Tampa is like at home. So yeah, I know that, that's like, why I don't, I don't care what they, uh, they end up doing. Like, I don't, I don't care what the situation is at all, but it's more than likely that I'm going to consider Tampa the home team. Yeah, It doesn't matter if you paint the end zone or the yeah, stadium, like Kansas city, it, it's Tampa's Raymond James stadium. So all right, so we got the injury report for Kansas City. The only two big names, to my knowledge, would obviously be Sammy and Pat. Um, Le'Veon's been in and out of the lineup kind of throughout yeah. the integrity of the year, and Sammy's been battling this calf injury for a long time, but we know when Sammy Watkins is on that field, he definitely is a threat to you know poise against the Tampa's defense. So, I mean, Sammy playing is a very, very, very big if, and – I believe that if he plays, that only adds to Kansas City's, I mean, depth in terms of threat. So, I mean, what, what do you think so far of the injury report? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you see for going in the next couple of days if anything changes? There's nothing here that really um, shocks me. Um, 
pretty much the way that I see it is Le'Veon is going to be limited, even if he does play, um, because he's got Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Daryl Williams ahead of him. Now, I'll tell you this: if Le'Veon plays, you know he'll certainly be active, but to what capacity would he go out there and be effective for the Chiefs? I don't really know. We'd we'd have to kind of see him practice Friday, see where he is then, and then. Obviously, he'll do his pregame warm-ups on Sunday. He'll either be listed as active or he'll be inactive. So, I mean, at best, I think he's going to be probably 80 85% healthy if you were active. But it wouldn't shock me in the least if he ends up on the inactive list. But it is a Super Bowl. He is competing for his first Super Bowl ring. So, I would be surprised if they actually end up uh, – if he's listed as inactive and he's somewhat viable to play. Now with Sammy Watkins, like you said, he's been dealing with that calf injury throughout most of the year. It's been, it's been a lingering issue for him. I think that he, he's going to play. If I had to guess having, if I had to say he's going to be probably a little bit, he'll be much more active than Le'Veon would if Le'Veon ends up playing. I just okay. think having, I think having Sammy Watkins out there just adds another, wrinkle into the offense that Tampa's going to have to deal with for this game. Because when you got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, and McCole Hardman to deal with out, out there, that is going to be a difficult, difficult situation for the Bucks to contend with. If he ends up not playing, it does make things a little bit easier for the Bucks because then they can really key in on Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and force Patrick Mahomes the ball to McCall Hardman and see what McCall Hardman can do. Cause I really do think that that third option for the receiver position with the chiefs is going to be a major focal point. If the bucks end up slowing down Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill to a certain extent. Oh, that's big facts. So my question to you, just on a, on a, on a personal slash professional note, Le'Veon getting some surgery in the off season. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know what kind of uh, knee issue he's dealing with. If there's any ligament damage or any structural damage in, in his knee, yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if he gets some sort of arthroscopic surgery, just something to maybe just clean up some, some, just some damage from the season that he got. Now, obviously, he was traded from the Jets to the Chiefs during the middle of the season. I don't know if he's been dealing with this injury when he was with the Jets, or if he picked this up when he was with the Chiefs. But it has definitely lingered the entirety of the season. He has not been as effective as Kansas City probably would have hoped for this season. But I think for him, the main thing, even if win or lose this game, uh, he's got to make sure that he's healthy going into next season. And whether that's with Kansas City or another team, if he's healthy going into next year, he's still a viable running back as far as I'm concerned. And I haven't really seen a lot of, I, I just I'm not of the mindset yet that he is just on the downturn downturn of his career. I still believe that he has a lot of work in this league. And I think the major thing with him is just getting healthy after this season is over with. Big time. So my thoughts, I think Le'Veon probably fucked up his knee, running out of the Meadowlands the second they let him go. I feel like he he slipped on something or he was trying to carry some baggage or like he was trying to get up out of there and he hurt himself. Obviously I'm like, it's messed up to say, I'm just saying it's 
how do you manage to leave the worst organization in football and land yourself on the best and then find a way? Like, if that ain't the worst luck I've ever heard, I don't know what is. But I have no idea, honestly. I feel bad for the guy. You know, you want him to do well. You saw the the drama he went through in New York. Self-inflicted, he chose to go there for the money. But nevertheless, a um, couple of years wasted on a great career. And, you know, I hope for, I hope for the best for Le'Veon. So mm-hmm. uh, speaking of that, speaking of, you know, good faith, good fortune, what do we got going on for Tampa Bay's injury report? Uh, Tampa's, I guess, probably in a little bit of a better situation because Antonio Brown was a full participant on Thursday. He's been dealing with that knee issue since the divisional round game against the Saints, but he looks like he's, he's ready to go for Super Bowl Sunday. Levante David was limited on Thursday's practice. He should be ready to go by, by Sunday. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they were both full, full participants. JPP, Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Cameron Bray were all listed as limited. The only guy who did not practice on Thursday for the Bucks was Steve McClendon. He's a defensive lineman. He did not practice on Thursday, so his status is really up in the air for Sunday. But other than him, I expect every single one of these guys who are limited who are a limited participant in practice on Thursday to be ready to go by Sunday. I don't see, I don't so, see anything that would tell me that these guys are going to miss Sunday. All right. Well, Whitehead left the championship game with quite the shoulder injury or apparent shoulder injury. Any report on what, is it still the shoulder? Is anything else lingering or is it just. Just a shoulder. That's what they have listed okay. on the injury report. So n- nothing right. else. Um, Cameron Bray, he's dealing with some sort of back issue. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., he's still dealing with that ankle ankle problem that he got, I want to believe, against the Saints because he, he did not play against the Packers in the NFC Championship game. So I think having him out there on the field would definitely make a difference against Patrick Mahomes because they're going to need him. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, injury reporting is done. Uh, I'm going right into my prediction. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be bold and blunt. I got Kansas City by 10. All right. All right, you got to tell me why. Okay, why? Here's why. So, Pat Mahomes has played pretty solid defenses throughout the integrity of the season, and they've always found ways to bounce back. Patrick Mahomes played probably the hottest team in the NFL in Buffalo, and Buffalo has dominated some great teams throughout the season, and they've had some great weapons as well offensively in Stephon Diggs. So, in my mindset, you have probably the most talented quarterback in football right now in Pat Mahomes. You gave him two weeks off to rest, clear whatever was left of that concussion, give that turf toe some time to heal. Uh, God willing, you get Sammy Watkins. Even if he is limited, you have someone on the field to, to, to divert the, the attention away from those star receivers. You have Andy Reid. And I think that Andy Reid, due to Fisher being hurt, they're going to have Pat Mahomes get rid of that ball even faster than he's already been getting rid of it. I think that they're going to scheme and find pockets of holes in the zone that Tampa's going to run because you can't man up. There is no corner on that team aside from maybe Winfield Jr. that can match up with some of those receivers, maybe. And I think that, I mean, like 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 we talked about, um, it's going to be the secondary receivers to step up, a.k.a. Miko Hardman, um, Sammy Watkins and et cetera and company to really make a big difference. And I think that Edward Talaya is going to have himself 
a solid game in terms of total all-purpose yards. So, I mean, I think he's going to catch a good few passes out of the backfield to the check down. I think that they're going to find ways to uh, to run some sweeps and whatnot to get the, the run game kind of going and get some big chunk plays. But I think that the combination of the Bucks defense not being completely healthy in terms of, obviously, like we stated, Winfield and Whitehead and Levante David, I think that having Pat Mahomes, the gunslinger, does give the advantage to the Chiefs. And I do think that uh, they're going to just find a way to manipulate that Bucks defense. It has been doing a lot better. However, as I've stated before, I think Andy is going to scheme for that pass rush and they're going to have Pat kind of rolling around and they're going to do a lot of, you know, rollouts and uh, some play action plays to try to get some space. So I, th- I think Kansas City wins by 10. Do you have a score? I think Tom puts up points. So my thing is, I don't want to, I don't want to say like it's high thirties. I don't want to say shot for shot for shot. Cause I think some, some defenses will make, you know, a difference. And like we said earlier in the week, it's going to come up to who creates a turnover. But if I had to put a definitive score on it, 24, 34, 24, 31, like that seven to 10 point range, I would say. I got you. Well, I mean, you were pretty confident in that pick with the Chiefs. So you just, you just don't think that the Bucks defense is going to be able to contend with Patrick Mahomes? I do, but it's solely relying on the pass rush. And that we already know when Pat extends plays, even against the best secondaries, it, it, it's like we've always said growing up and playing football in, in peewee and in high school, you're nothing without your pass rush. Your corners can only cover for so long. You've seen some of the best corners in this league when a play breaks down. You can't stay with your man forever because you can't predict exactly. It's one thing to know a slant is coming or predict a post or predict a fly based off of the footwork and the hips. But like when you're rolling out and it's a scramble and the play's completely falling to shit, it's backyard football out here, baby. There's no designated place of location to go. And we know that Pat Mahomes is probably one of the best quarterbacks at extending the play finding players open. I mean, sidearm, left-hand passes. I mean, we, we, we know he can do it all. And again, I think that they're going to scheme to protect his left side a little bit more, and they're going to roll him out to the right, and they're going to make sure that it's quick slants and quick dips and quick hitches. Their offense is already a lot of that with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey throughout the middle of the field. But like I said a couple of weeks ago, they're solely reliant on getting Tyreek and Nicole deep every now and again. That when you're checking it down, you have to – Tyreek Hill and Matt automatically – he demands a double team behind him. If there's no safety over the top, I guarantee you Tyreek's taking that. Or Pat sees that, and they're taking that. So I just – I don't think that the Bucks hurt or healthy are going to be able to cover them because I think that the Chiefs are going to be a little bit more prepared for that pass rush than people think. I understand. I understand. I know um, you're going opposite, so what do you got for me? Well, the last time that I went opposite, it worked out because I picked the Bucks to beat the Packers in, in Lambeau Field for the NFC Championship game. And I think a lot of people, through no fault of their own, are, are picking the Chiefs <clears throat> with their head. And I think that I, I fully understand why. But I'm going with the Bucks, man. I think the Bucs are going to win this one. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be like a three, four-point game. I can see this game being like 34 31, 34, 30, but I'm going with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers here. And, and here's why. So 
if we rewind to the matchup between the Bucks and the 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 Bucks and the Chiefs earlier in the season, the Chiefs got off to one of the hottest starts I've ever seen in a football game ever. I mean, Tyreek Hill had 12 catches, over 200 yards receiving, and two touchdowns in the first quarter. And despite that, despite the fact that the Chiefs got off such a, got off to such a hot start. They only won that game by three points. I believe they won that game 27-24. Yeah, and Brady did not Brady did not particularly have that good of a game. I believe he threw two interceptions in the second half. So the, the one thing that's gonna really stand out to me with this game is which pass rush is gonna get home first. Because the one thing that the Bucs have been able to do consistently throughout these playoffs is get a pass rush against the quarterback they're going up against. Whether it was against Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they sat Aaron Rodgers five times in that NFC Championship game. They got to Drew Brees a few times, forced some bad interceptions by Drew, and then capitalized on him with touchdowns. Now, the thing is, they may not necessarily get turnovers off of Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes very rarely throws interceptions. He's, he's pretty good with protecting the football and not throwing it into dangerous situations. However, if they could get a, a solid enough pass rush against Patrick Mahomes and just make him force some throws that are either into tight coverages or he's got to throw the ball out of bounds, I think the bus can live with that. And I do expect them to at least get two or three sacks on Patrick Mahomes. I think JPP, oh, no I think Nazam and Sue, they are definitely going to get home on some of those pass rushes. And don't be surprised if Devin White makes a big impact in this game, not only when he blitzes, but in pass coverage as well. Because more than likely, it's going to be him and Levante David, and they may even put a safety on Travis Kelsey just, just to kind of have uh, some support on the back end. But that matchup with Travis Kelsey and whoever's defending him in the Bucks linebacker core, that's going to be a huge matchup. But I, I really do think that the Bucs can get solid production from those linebackers and maybe some safety help over the top with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Don't get me wrong. The Chiefs have the two biggest skill position players in this game with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Those guys are literally at the top of their game right now. They were literally the best one-two punch, one-two punch combo in the league this year. But I do think that the Chiefs secondary and that linebacking course is going to slow them down. They're not going to get off. They're not going to lock them down. But I think they're going to slow them down enough to the point where they can limit the Chiefs' offense to a certain extent. But I still think the Chiefs are going to put up 30 points. I think as long as it doesn't rain. If it doesn't rain, this is going to be a, this is going to be a scoring fest as far as I'm concerned. With with Brady and the offense, the one thing that the Bucs have been really good at this postseason is protecting Brady. Brady has not been sacked too many times in either in any of the games that they played, whether it was the divisional round, the wild card round, or the NFC Championship game. And I do expect them to keep Brady upright throughout most of the game. Now, don't get me wrong. Chris, Rush, uh, Chris Jones is probably going to get some solid pass rushes on him. Frank Clark as well. So they're definitely going to they're definitely going to get shots at Brady. But I think Brady is going to be upright for most of the game. And the only thing with him is just don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. They got a great shot and they can, they can go after that chief secondary, whether it's Mike Evans, AB, Scotty Miller, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Bray. I'll tell you what, the, the Bucks receiving core is 
a lot more deep than the Chiefs is. The Chiefs are very top heavy. And they have a better linebacking core. Now, don't get me wrong. Travis Kelsey is probably the best tight end in the game. But that one-two punch with Robert Gronkowski and Cameron Bray is – don't sleep on that – don't sleep on those two because those two are going to – those two tight ends are going to be very important. Rob Gronkowski may be more in a blocking role. And by Cameron Bray, it's definitely going to get some targets. But I think this game is going to come right down to the end. And if the Bucks are down, Brady has the ball. I trust Brady here. Brady has done it time and time again. He has six game-winning drives in the Super Bowl. So all of his Super Bowl wins have come with a game-winning drive from him. And I think if the situation's there, the moment's there for him, I think he goes after and exposes that Chiefs secondary and that Chiefs defense. And I think they get the win here. Like I said, 34-31 or 34-30. to It's, it's going to be a one-possession game. I don't see this being a two-possession game. So I predicted the Chiefs. What I'm going to say here for the audience so they're aware is I wouldn't be surprised if Tom comes out on top not because Tom has won six Super Bowls and because he's the greatest quarterback of all time and because he's home and on a new team and trying to spite Belichick to say, I literally did it without you. Um, I genuinely think the key to Tampa winning relies solely with Rojo and Fournette. You run that clock to the ground, you double their best players on the defensive end, and you're going to force Patrick Mahomes into making a mistake he doesn't want to. And let alone if that pass rush touches him, he's going to be forced to put that ball in the air or in a place he doesn't want to. And with the skilled linebacking core that you just named, along with a, a select few of that secondary, I do think that the Bucks defense can create a turnover. I mean, they have all pros pretty much all throughout that front seven. I mean, like you said, you have JPP, former pro bowler, former Super Bowl champion, and Dominican Sue, former all pro, former pro bowler. You have freaking Levante David and Devin White, and it's just the list goes on and on and on. So Tampa can win. I will be a little upset because Tom and the city of Tampa are about to blow it out of proportion, and it'll solely be because of Tom Brady by himself, so that's going to burn my ego a lot more. But I just – I genuinely believe that Patrick having these two weeks off has, has done him justice. And I do believe that, again, Andy Reid being the veteran coach that he is, is going to have a solution or at least a plan in place to make sure that his quarterback stays as upright as humanly possible. And I think that they are really going to attack that secondary as soon as humanly possible. The negative to doubling Kelsey and Hill with a safety on top of whatever coverage they initially have it's going to leave one-on-one coverage the entire time. So as I've stated time and time again, it's, it's going to be reliant on the, the third and fourth party receivers to go and create space and make plays. And we know Hardman's got the wheels and we know Pringle has made some clutch catches throughout the integrity of the year. And Edwards Hilaire has shown he is a capable pass catching back to try to make people miss in the open field. So I'm going to stick with my prediction confidently. Like I said, 10 points. And the only reason I say 10 is because I feel Kansas city will be up at some point. And, and, and somehow, some way, that Kansas City defense led by Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones is going to find a way to get Tom to slip up. And they'll kick a field goal and they'll put him in a two-score game. And no, obviously, no matter what happens, the most Tom can get in one drive is eight. So I think that the Chiefs find a way to hold on. I mean, I totally understand where you're coming from. 
I think to to kind of hit on this one point um, that you hit on with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire about him having all-purpose yards, um, having a, an impact with just all-purpose yards, I don't think it's going to come from him running the ball. I think, to be honest with you, I think the Chiefs are going to pre- predominantly throw the ball 75 80% of this game just because going up against his Bucks rushing defense is going to be tough. And I'll say this, if the Chiefs really want to go after the, the Buccaneers run defense, they got to rewatch that Saints tape from the NFC divisional game because Alvin Kamara was able to get some decent carries against that Bucks defense. And if they want any success running the ball, they definitely need to research that film because the Saints had some successes. And I do believe that Kansas City, if they expose that Bucks rushing defense to a certain extent that they could have a solid day on the ground, I'm just not of the mindset. I'm not confident that they're going to be able to, to get the consistent running game that they are hoping for. I think it's going to be predominantly on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders to carry this team to the promised land to get them back-to-back Super Bowls. And I think that actually works in the favor of Tampa because it does make uh, it does make the Chiefs one-dimensional in that sense because it's pretty much just drop back in coverage and hope that your pass rush gets there. Because the, I'll tell you this, Todd Bowles is going to dial up some blitzes on Patrick Mahomes. Oh, 100%. So I'll tell you this, though. The Bucs cannot play that zone coverage because they have tried that zone coverage time and time again, and they have got burned on it so many times, especially from like Drew Brees during the middle of the regular season. They, they can really only play that, that zone defense if that pass rush gets there. And they were able to against Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it with the same success as they did last week against Aaron Rodgers as they could potentially on Sunday against Mahomes, but they got a decent shot with, I think you're. I think you're totally right about the the Bucks offense, though, with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. They're going to have to have. They're going to have huge games because they're going to have to really chew up that clock, and keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. Because you and I both know that if Mahomes gets the ball, they score a touchdown. If the Bucks go three now, I mean, literally, that Patrick Mahomes led offense could score two touchdowns in five minutes. They could, they or could less just score or it, less. It, it, we don't try to light it up and. They could score in quick succession, unlike any other team in the league. So that's something that the Bucs are going to have to contend with in this game. And it wouldn't surprise me if they do put a heavy emphasis on running the ball, because I think they're, they're going to need to. If they don't and they just rely a little bit too much on Brady, it does make them one-dimensional against that Chiefs defense. And that Chiefs defense can get busy. They get a great pass rush. They have a solid secondary, like you said, led by Tyron Matthew. And uh, Hunter Sorensen, they they've got the bodies to go out there and do it. It's just that I have a little bit more confidence in Brady in this game. It's crazy for me to say that when he's going up against a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, I I, I don't know how much I, I don't really think that home field is going to play too much of a factor here. Like I think some people have been trying to make. But listen, it is your turf. It is their home. They are. That's what they're most comfortable with. And I'll tell you this. If it comes down to the end of the game and it's close and Brady's got the ball, I got faith in him. Oh, I'll he's shit done my it time and, because I know it's coming. I've, he, he's done it time and time again. He did it against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Just 
two years ago. So offside, you know, that, that that's the, th- that's the thing, but <laughs> don't be surprised if Mahomes could chuck a 60, 70 yard bomb from like the 30 yard line and get a Hail Mary from it. I mean, or at least put them in position to get it. I mean, the yeah. Bucks are going to have to be really careful with Mahomes because Mahomes it could just put up so many points so quickly, especially if the Bucks can't put up points after he does. So here's my thing. Well, two questions. First one, do you think Tyree Kill at all has one big play, whether that's like that that uh, that reverse corner route that he ran to get open in the in the in the Super Bowl last year? Do you think he blows past you know, on a screen? Like, do do you do you think Tyree Kill makes a play? I think he actually makes two. Okay, I think he Why? makes two big. Um, I think. Is it going to be in a design play or a breakdown from the defense? I think it's going to be a breakdown from the defense. Probably a little bit of both. Just because Tyreek Hill's speed is unmatched in the NFL. He could burn anybody. I mean, there's nobody in the Bucs secondary that can really go one-on-one and lock him up just because Unless you put Scotty Miller at DB because they want to race. (laughs) I'd take Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill could literally run in the Olympics if he wanted to. He didn't pursue a career in the NFL. Facts. So, so facts. So, I could see a, a similar. I could see a similar play to what he had against Buffalo last week, where he takes like just a little five, ten yard route and turns it into seventy. Just because he, if he finds a, a small little crease and has enough of a gap between him and the defender, he can take off. He doesn't need that much space to get free from the defenders. Now here's so, here's uh, my second question. So my second question is going to be, do you think if Todd Bowles deals up blitz packages, which we all know he loves to do, that's one less man in coverage. And we all know Pat Mahomes loves to throw the ends and the out routes as well as the slant. I think that in lies Tyreek Hill's future because if Levante gets sent or the linebackers get sent, the middle of the field's wide open. And if Tyreek Hill gets just an inch of space, he's gone. You're gonna there. Well, it depends on what the play is. If they're running an, if they're just running a slant over the middle and they dial up a blitz, good luck. I'm telling luck. you, bro. I'm I'm tell Andy is they, gonna be they, ready. They, He's they, gonna have a plan. They, they they may they may disguise it a little bit. I'm thinking the top bullets to. may disguise certain things in coverage, so it may look like they're they're bringing maybe six or seven, but they're only bringing five, and they drop maybe a guy or two back into coverage, even though they look like they're blitzing. I could definitely see that because I think leaving Tyreek Hill one-on-one in any situation is just a recipe for disaster. Same thing with Travis Kelsey too. That, that's the trouble. thing. You, you, you double one or you double both. It's man on man the entire rest of the way. You better hope somebody stays with somebody. Cause if, 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 if someone gets past their man, the game's over. Cause we all know Pat's going to hit that. So exactly. I'm just, so, I'm just scared or, you know, nervous. I, I feel, I feel you, but I need to I need to ask you I need to ask you this. So, let's say for example, um, that the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl. That your prediction ends up becoming true. What does this do for Patrick Mahomes' legacy in just the short amount of time that he's been an NFL quarterback? What does I mean? It's like, like we talked. It, 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 it's like we talked about what was that episode last week of of the What If the segment, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's like we talked about Pat wins, Pat 
automatically catapults himself into the, not only the greatest start in football history, but arguably the greatest start in sports history. Within your first three years, you're an offsides penalty away from three Super Bowls. You have an MVP. You have a Super Bowl MVP. And if you win this game, depending on how you do, you might have another Super Bowl MVP. I don't think that any athlete in history has ever started with a historic season for the history books followed up by back-to-back Super Bowl titles. I mean, before the age of 26, this man will have almost every single trophy other than rookie of the year because his rookie year, he played one game. And that is just insane to know that the number, what, the 12, 11, 13, I don't remember which exact pick Pat was. I can't uh, remember. He wasn't the like Chiefs traded up. No, 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 the Chiefs he, traded he, he, up. He was before back, Deshaun. They, Deshaun was like 13 or 14. So I think Pat had to be like between 10 and 12. Nevertheless, okay. a, a gunslinger from Texas A&M, the son of an MLB pitcher or the son of an Texas MLB. Tech. Texas, Texas Tech, Tech, excuse me. My apologies. It happens. It's late. I'm tired. Um, the son of another athlete, another major league baseball player, it, it, the legacy just continues, man. These, these, these kids are just bred for this. They do this. Just because you don't see someone on TV as often as you do other people, like somebody from Alabama, somebody from Georgia, somebody from Florida, doesn't mean that they're not good quality players. I mean, we all know Tom's story going 199 from Michigan. Pat just happened to fall a little bit later than – or should I say Pat was drafted higher – than people would have assumed because nobody knew who the hell he was. And look at him out here defying odds. Probably the richest man in all of sports in terms of active players that isn't named Mike Trout. And this yeah, this yeah, guy Messi. just a, 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 Matt, I meant in America because we all know Messi just signed <laughs> a, a 600 and what million dollar contract? It was a $650 million contract for four years. Oh my God, it's absolutely and for four years, absolutely insane. And <laughs> it's not necessary. It just it just really isn't. Like, well, who what is he gonna do with all that money? Anyway, um I think this cements him into the Hall of Fame. He would have to remain at least consistently making the playoffs and you know, throwing you know, having an average quarterback career in terms of like yards and passing and touchdowns, but I think this puts him in an MVP, uh, uh, a Hall of Fame conversation probably earlier than anyone ever has been because of just this illustrious and incredible start. I mean, I'm with you. I think for me, it would cement that he's had the greatest start to any player that I could think of in NFL history, not only just at the quarterback spot, but in NFL history across all positions. Um, I won't go as far to say that he's already in the GOAT conversation. I wouldn't Definitely go that go. far. I wouldn't say that because, look, Brady's pretty much universally recognized as the greatest quarterback and probably the greatest football player ever. Even Roger Goodell, he had a press conference today, and he was even talking about that he's probably the greatest player that's ever played the game because wherever he goes – the success just follows in his footsteps. So that that's who Mahomes is going up against. And I mean, look, Tom's got 10 Super Bowl appearances. He's won six of them. Mahomes is going up into his second Super Bowl and with the potential of winning his second. So as far as I'm concerned, he's still got a long way to go. And trust me, it, 
he's off to a fantastic start. Do not get me wrong, but you got a long way to go before you get to Brady. You sh- you're still going to need, oh, I don't know, th- at least two, three more Super Bowls if he ends up getting this one. So the work is still out there for a Mahomes, but it would all but confirm that he's off the, the greatest start in NFL history if he wins the Super Bowl. There's no doubt about that. Can, can you really name another athlete, though, that has done this? Like, what athlete comes right out of college? takes the job after just a season and just dominates from, from the second he put his foot on that turf, he has been a living and walking history book. He breaks records weekly almost. I mean, as far as success goes, I mean, Brady had the success at the young point of his career, but he didn't have the stats. He was not recognized as the greatest. Like he wasn't recognized as the best quarterback in the league yet. And that's it what I'm saying. Really, New England had was, defense back in the day, though. You guys really won off of a lot of great Hall of Fame defenders, too. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is, though, is that Brady actually was, was largely successful through the first three years of his career. And I will say this, because a lot of people say, well, the defense did carry, carry him. And to a certain extent that they're right. But in that Carolina Super Bowl, that defense gave up about 30 points that game. Yeah. Brady had to go more down the field it took and set Brady them up to lead for a game-winning field goal. And Brady made some great plays to get them to win the game. They ended up scoring 32 points in that game. So he's the one that was leading the offense. And you could make a you could make a certain you can make a claim that that he was certainly a huge factor for them winning that Carolina champion, uh, that Carolina Super Bowl. So I mean, but since then, I mean, really he took off in 2007, and then ever since that he's been at the top of his the top of the top of his game since. So it's just that Patrick Mahomes, he's pretty much recognized as the top quarterback or arguably top two quarterback in the league as soon as he became the starting quarterback. I mean, he won an MVP as the first year he was a starter with Kansas City through 50 touchdowns. Was he the youngest MVP ever? Was it 23? I I don't know if he was the youngest ever, but I mean, he he has to be up there. A 23-year-old MVP. Insane. And and I and I've even said this. This was when we were going up against Mahomes in the AFC Championship game because I'm still a Patriot fan. I remember going into that game. I thought the Chiefs were going to go win that game and go to the Super Bowl. And I honestly thought that that game that Brady had had, even though that it wasn't his best game, was probably one of the biggest games of his career because just you recognize greatness when you see it on the other side of the field. And not only was it in that regular season matchup where it was back and forth where the Patriots won on a late field goal, but in that AFC championship game, you're going up against that high-powered offense that could score at will and so quickly. And they were able to get out of Arrowhead with a win. And I think, I think I'll tell you this, Mahomes definitely has that in the back of his head. Definitely has that in the back of his head because he did not get an opportunity to match Brady in that, in that overtime AFC championship game a few years ago. So it would not surprise me if Mahomes just absolutely goes nuts in this game and tries to do everything he can to win it for the Chiefs. I'm just talking about it, man. It just gives me hype. I know Sunday is only a few days away, but it seems like it's a miles away with tomorrow being Friday and then obviously Saturday. And then we got to wait till like, what, what's game? What's kickoff? Six as usual, 630, some shit like that. It's, six, it's 630. 630. Well, we all know we're looking forward to some Super Bowl commercials because shit. That sometimes that's all I'd be looking forward to because it sure as shit isn't the halftime show. No offense to the weekend, but it's just 
I don't really care for it. You're, you're going to have to tell me about these commercials because I won't watch them. Hey, honestly, there's a lot of times where I kind of zone out, but I look for the movie trailer commercials. I know that there isn't really much of a movie scene going on in the world right now. I'm hoping Zack, Zack, uh, Zack Snyder drops maybe a cut for the Justice League, maybe a, a nice trailer for that. Um, I'm hoping some maybe Marvel drops a, a trailer for Spider-Man or something. You know, I'm just I'm just I'm crossing my fingers and hoping for some superhero content within the Super Bowl commercials because there's always a trailer for something good. I don't give well, a shit about the funny ones or the Doritos or the sandwiches or the hoagies. Like, give me some good movie trailers and I'm good. I mean, I'll tell you this. There are going to be some companies that are going to shell out money like freaking Lil Uzi did by implanting that $24, $25 million diamond into his freaking <sighs> forehead the other day. I'm just saying. Fucking clown, bro. Why, why do you do that? Like, I, This is what happens when rich people spend money. Like, you and me would never even think about doing something. But somebody that just has so much money that they can literally wipe their ass cheeks with a $100 bill and use it as toilet paper because they just make so much, this is what they do. Why are you putting a legitimate diamond, not a, not a fake one, not cubic zirconia, a legit 20, like it costs you $24 million to put that in your head. $24 fucking million. Do you know what I could do with $24 million? Does anybody have any idea what you could do with $24 million? Did, you, did he wake up one morning and say, yo, I'm about to put this diamond in my head. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, you tell, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what would drive somebody to actually do that and actually like have the balls to actually go through with that. It's one thing to get face tattoos. And, and I'm not really like the, the biggest proponent of getting face tattoos. Face tattoos don't even compare to this. It's not even close. This is something I've never seen anything like this before. And it's just like, dude, like, what were you thinking? I mean, it's one thing to do like a small little diamond, but a $24 million diamond, $24 million? For what? For what? Bro, I, I see don't understand all it. these memes of, of uh, they said Lil Uzi gonna get robbed and look like Vision getting the, 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 the one of the infinity stones ripped out his hair. Yo, been a walking meme for the last like two days, bro. It's ridiculous. That's what happens when you sell your soul. That's what happens. Sold is sold to the music industry, and that's when he gets a diamond implanted in his forehead. I'm over it. The news I want to talk about with you is. We were texting about it privately, obviously, for uh, for about a day or two, and it ended up being completely false. And it, it happens. These things, it just happens. I just wish it wasn't a string on my heart. The entire world, okay, maybe not the entire world, the entire community for the Indianapolis Colts went through an, a massive emotional roller coaster over the last 48 hours. Guys, before you say I'm being dramatic, I'm not exaggerating. Kyle knows that I went from it ain't happening to, oh my God, this is getting traction, to, oh my God, this might happen, to, yeah, it's not happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, it legitimately went in that exact order. And for those of you that haven't put two and two together, there were rumors that Andrew Luck may come out of retirement due to some texts that were sent from a friend of a friend to Andrew Luck's wife or whatever. And they were, to sum it up, saying that Andrew was supposed to be meeting with Jim Ursay today at 12 to discuss his future and how much he missed football over the last year and how he's now a parent, whatever. But 
So it started as a rumor at 10 a.m. I was working on Wednesday. And it then gained enough traction to get onto the herd, Colin Cowher's show, to then have SportsCenter tweet out and post uh, Andrew Luck content, to then have T.Y. Hilton today post pictures of Andrew Luck out of nowhere, to for Jim Ursa to have a press conference earlier this afternoon and say that he's more retired now than he was when he walked out of the building. So as you see in the diagram that I have put in front of you, that is how my emotional scale has gone over the last 48 hours but bro how do why do people make these rumors up man like who goes out of their way to create texts like that like i fucking hate people you know why because people like to stir up drama like to stir up rumors and and when i when i first heard the the news when you were texting me about this i was of the situation i was in the mindset that he's done dude like when i remembered that press conference and you could tell, like, that guy was just so physically and mentally beat up by all the trauma that he took throughout the eight to nine years that he was in the league. And I still have a, most of my disdain goes towards freaking um, Ryan Grigson for the fact Don't that, say that, name. They, Don't say that they, name. Never, they never invested in an offensive line to protect him because, it, look, I mean, we, we mentioned this, I think, maybe a week or two ago. Andrew Luck did not outlive Tom Brady's career. Like, Andrew Luck was literally the next guy for Indianapolis after Peyton Manning had moved on to Denver. And they couldn't even get a decade out of Andrew Luck and through no fault of his own. That I solely blame what happened to Andrew Luck at the feet of Ryan Grigson. Because it was absolutely atrocious. And I don't know if I, if I can go with the coaching staff to a certain extent. But you have to defend the most important asset of that team by investing in a competent offensive lineman, an offensive line. And they just did not do that. And it shortened his career to what extent we'll never know because he only really got to play for eight, nine years. And when I saw these rumors coming up, it, it's just like, no, it's just he's done. He's not coming back. I, first of all, I haven't even heard from him since he's retired. He doesn't do press social media. He doesn't have a, a smart. He doesn't have a smartphone. Heard a word from him. Rumor had it while he was still actively playing that people said that he still drives the same Honda Civic or Accord that he had in college, and that he refused to buy a smartphone. Like he still had a flip phone. Andrew Luck was probably the most conservative NFL athlete in history that just didn't spend his money, and he invested. Andrew Luck was valedictorian of his college class at Stanford. I think that says a lot. You know, he really prioritized. So check this out. A lot of people don't know. Andrew was the number one pick back in 2012, right? He didn't report to camp for practice until he graduated, which was like two months after OTAs in many camps and rookie camp. He didn't come until after. And Jim Irsay said, go finish your degree. That's how dedicated this man was to his degree. Like, that's the type of person that Andrew Luck was. He doesn't do social media or anything like that. So to not hear anything at all from him isn't a shock whatsoever. And that's another reason why it wasn't like last year people were like, oh, we need Andrew Luck to come back. Like, it wasn't that kind of rumor. It was like something that was gaining traction because of texts from someone directly related or involved. They were supposedly to his wife. So 
for 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 me to hear that and for, for it to be two years later after he retired, we all know the itch is going to come. We all know that Andrew, anybody, any athlete that retires young thinks about coming back because they're like, yo, I'm healthy now. Like I've had two years to like decompress. I, I would assume that's what goes through an athlete's mind when they hang it up early because of injury that they at least think about it. But for it to read and say what it did, I was kind of like, you know, it, it makes sense. Like it, I wouldn't be surprised as someone that loves football as much as Andrew Luck to, to, to randomly come back with no inkling of information from the media other than a leaked text message. Like it made sense to me because how else would you hear from it? Like how else would you know? Andrew's not just going to walk into the closest media outlet in Indianapolis and be like, yo, I'm coming back. He's not going to get be stupid enough to get caught walking into the stadium. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I felt like it was real to a certain extent and I, I held up hope when I shouldn't. And it broke my heart to hear that it wasn't happening. It's crazy. Okay. So I have a list of all the injuries that he sustained while he was playing with the Colts. 2015, suffers a, a sprained shoulder. In November of 2015, suffers a lacerated kidney, partially torn abdominal muscle. In 2016, he had reports of torn cartilage. Um, in November of 2016, he, he suffers a concussion. In 2017, he undergoes uh, shoulder surgery after the season. After that, in November of 2017, he was placed on IR. He was shut down for the season after a couple setbacks with his shoulder uh, rehab. 2018, he finally comes back. And then in 2019, he suffers a calf strain. And there's a litany of other injuries that he sustained. I just think it was the, it was the consistency of these injuries that just kept mounting one after another after another and just over time there's no doubt in my mind that he wanted to play there's absolutely no doubt of it i just think that his body got so beat up especially during that last probably four to five year stretch where it was just physically like my body's probably rejecting going out there because it's like i can't handle the the physical abuse that i've been that he's been taking for that long I mean, he retired at 29 years old as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's it's it's almost unheard of. Maybe outside of like Barry Sanders when he retired yeah. for Detroit, but with Andrew Luck, you could kind of like you were obviously shocked by the announcement that he was going to retire. But when you look at all the injury history, at hindsight, it makes sense. It really does. And I will say this even though that he's he's not coming back and it, even all those rumors that were circulated circulating around the other day they're probably not going to end up being true i just kind of think of if that guy if andrew luck were to come back they are one quarterback away from going to an ac championship game and i just it's not going to be andrew luck though but it would be absolutely astonishing if he were able to come back and say, I'm back. I I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not expecting it, but it would be astonishing for me because I'm just in the mindset that he has moved on from the game. I think that he's put in everything that he could, but it's just that the physical toll that that took place on him throughout his NFL career. I think he just he refuses to play play the game anymore because of it. Listen, I put this out there on the internet. 
if Andrew Luck comes out of retirement at any point within the reasonable foreseeable future, I'm just I'm, he come out of retirement at 38, he's not gonna be the same. I'm saying within the next year or two, just, just randomly, right? I have an autographed game issued cult helmet that my dad got me for Christmas. Like the way that he wears it, his model, his fit, his face mask, all of it. Don't know what my dad paid for it, but nevertheless, one of the greatest Christmas gifts he's ever gotten me. He's just a sports memorabilia guy. I'll put that on my head and I'll wear it every Sunday. And I will legitimately wear the jersey he also got me the Christmas before. And I won't remove it until the Colts game is over, win or loss. I promise you. YouTube, I swear to you. Like, I won't. I won't. YouTube, Anchor, anybody that hears this, I will wear it every Sunday. I mean, that's dedication, man. I mean, look, obviously, I, I Peyton Manning is still probably – probably the, the biggest you're probably one of the biggest fans of Peyton Manning just because he was able to bring home a Super Bowl for Indianapolis got to a second Super Bowl against the Saints obviously it didn't work out but 14 years ago today we won the Super Bowl well 14 years ago yesterday it's after midnight now that we're recording but Andrew Luck just a really likable guy one of the nicest guys you'll probably ever see in the league he's the only guy that I've ever seen where he'll like, he'll like give dap, he'll, he'll dap up the defender after he hits him and knocks him to the ground saying, Hey, that was a good hit or good job. You know, whoever who hit me. So for me, I wasn't a Colts fan, but I mean, what, what Andrew Luck was able to give Indianapolis in the time that he was there, you know, you just, you got to tip his, you got to tip the cap to him. And I wish he was, he was still playing today, but I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense why he's not. I, I know I couldn't after all, all those injuries that he sustained. It's 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 bigger than football, man. I was happy. I was upset when when I found out. Obviously, I was watching the Gator game when they were playing Miami when he retired. Um, and the the strip came on the bottom, and legit, like I cannot exaggerate. We're watching the game and the Gators just scored, so I'm cheering, and I see the strip come up, and I'm with a bunch of friends. I miss saying that. COVID, damn you. Um, I'm watching the game. We score. I see the strip come up and from excitement and yelling and being excited because there were Miami fans there and I'm a Gator fan. I turn like I turn around and I'm, my jaw dropped. Isabel said I physically went pale. And I turned around and everybody else's jaw was just as dropped, but they were staring right at me. I, if that doesn't sum up the exact feeling of reading that. I don't know what does. I just, I didn't know what to do. I, I literally sat in my friend's dining room, which was away from the living room, away from everybody else. And I just called my dad and we like, we flipped out together. Like we were just like, what the fuck is going on? And it, it breaks my heart every time talking about it. And it still hurts me to, to this day that they were booing him as he was walking off the field in that preseason. Dirtbags. Everybody, dirtbags, all of them. There's no, there's no reason. That man gave you everything, like his entire physical body. Insanity. A- absolutely disgusting. I was so embarrassed to be a Colt fan that day. I felt so bad for him. How dare you? Like, how fucking dare you guys? And, and the thing is with him, look, obviously their football life is short, and obviously everybody wants to see these guys go out and achieve the most amount of success that they can while they're playing. But – there is life after football. And with Andrew Luck, 
he, I, he weighed his options probably to the nth degree. But it, it came to a point where it's like, do I keep doing this and potentially suffer a significant injury where I may never recover from? Or do I walk away from the game with the, the beating that I've taken, but I have the rest of my life to go out there and live a life that I can as healthy as I can without getting beat up every Sunday. And I think with him, that, that second, that latter option just proved to be just there for the taking. And I don't blame him in any way, shape or form for making that decision. He, he made the right decision for his life at that point, not just for his football career, his life at that point, because he could have taken a hit that, I mean, he could have taken a hit that could have, it could have paralyzed him. I mean, he could have taken a hit like Drew Bledsoe did where he had internal bleeding after he took a hit in the same game that Tom Brady ended up, ended up taking Drew Bledsoe's job from. So you never know what could happen out there. You're one hit away from, from potentially never playing the game again. I mean, that's what Ryan Chazier has to live with for the rest of his life. It was one play, just one hit. And it could, it could, and nothing could be the same after that. So with, with Andrew Luck, look, I'm happy that he's living his life as he sees fit, and that's all that should matter. That's it. Couldn't have ended that better myself, honestly. You know, skin frustrated talking about it and remembering all the stupid things that Grigson did and how he built that team and, and the excuses that he ran. So I'm happy to be done talking about it. Um Kyle, I got I got nothing for you. I'm pretty drained after talking about my my boy. Um, you have anything left? Anything left? Comments on the Super Bowl? Um, are you gonna be drinking at the Super Bowl? What's going on, man? I know I know you're excited to actually witness history. Final thoughts? There's really not much left for me. I'm just I'm super excited to go to the Super Bowl. Obviously, I was not expecting this probably a week ago, but it is going to be. A fun game to watch. I just, I, I'm still a little bit shocked that I'm actually going to this game. Um, I just hope that everybody can tune in and watch two of the the best quarterbacks to ever do it go at it for the ultimate title in the NFL, and that is a Super Bowl championship. And um, that's pretty much all that I got from here. You can, you could wrap it up on your end. I'm good. All right. Well, for me and Kyle, I want to thank everybody for listening. To all the subscribers, you guys know who you are. Shout out to the boys back in the hood. Really appreciate you guys looking out for for your boy. Um, Kyle and I are still a few short pieces away from making the partnership official. Uh, we have the name kind of like in, in, in our thoughts. We kind of have it on the back burner, sitting there thinking, formulating, cooking, whatever word you want to use uh logo in the works as well we're, we're kind of trying to figure that out but uh, hopefully by the end of the month we'll be able to post some content with our official name or in our, in our new uh podcast logo so you know just stay tuned we have stuff coming we have stuff in the works trust me we in the lab and we talking about this channel every day we put in the, the effort and the work uh, shout out to kyle for doing all the video editing all all the scheduling i mean i i, I really just kind of sit behind this phone and in this position right here and I show you guys my beautiful face and that's pretty much all I do. You know, I do some comedic relief here and again, but you know, I just, I genuinely want to give Kyle a lot of credit, man. Cause this guy stays up late, gets up early, works his ass off at work and then still finds time to do what he needs to do. So 
this wouldn't be nothing without you. And I, I really appreciate you having me as your partner. And uh, going forward, I can't wait to keep doing this, bro. Seriously. It's all worth it, man. I Listen, I, I always enjoy the time that we get to sit down and talk about the sports topics that we just love to talk about. And that's that's why we do this whenever we can. I know, obviously, this week we've been very busy just because it's the lead-up to the Super Bowl. And we've put the time in. But, you know, for us moving forward, it, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of work ahead of us. And Kevin and I both know that. So you, are gonna, you guys are going to get the best content that we can provide you at this given time. Obviously, like Kevin said, that we're still working out the official partnership with the logo, the, the name of the podcast. All of that will come to fruition probably within the next month or so, like Kev just iterated. That's pretty much all that I can say. I just I just want to thank you for just taking the time out of a busy day. I know you had a very busy day today, and I know that you're, you, you've been up probably since like 6 or 7 o'clock this morning. So I, I definitely appreciate you coming coming through and giving you uh, giving us the best analysis that you can after a long day just doing what you had to do. Hey. It's like you just said, we're doing what we love. Like, we're sitting around here, we're talking about our favorite sport, and we just two best friends basically catching up with one another just a little bit more on the analytical portion. We have these conversations by ourselves anyway. Why not just share these thoughts with the rest of the world? So it's just – it's easy when it's, it's – it's with a partner like you, and it's easy when it's a topic like football and sports as a whole. Just love what we do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well – that, that about wraps it up for us, guys. Uh, you can obviously see this on Kyle's YouTube in the morning. You can see it on, on my anchor, Kyle's Spotify as well. So just, you know, follow the Home Field Podcast if you already haven't on Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, and just, you know, just continue to follow, like, and share. If you guys have anybody else that you think that would like this, send it through a text, comment on the page, tag them on any social media. We are more than happy to address any comments, any and all comments. We welcome all smoke. So let us know when you disagree with something. Let us know if you have a comment or any feedback and we would be happy to reply. So with that being said, this is your boy Kev signing off for the night. I'm going to bed. This is Kyle Dabber from the Home Field Podcast signing off and have fun this weekend, you guys. It's going to be a great game. Hope, hope you guys get a chance to watch it and take it easy, you guys. We'll see you guys around.